motivation is definitely not a constant thing. Like, you will never be 100% motivated. It comes and goes, and you have to create it, basically, or find ways that help your motivation. This is Life Between Classes, where we talk about what's going on in your life and in your mind between classes. We're going to continue our conversation about motivation today with Matt and Jack. And if you've missed the first part of the conversation, you may want to pause and go back to that, but you don't have to. You can just join us where we're going to pick up, and I'll recap a little bit of what we talked about last time. But before I do, I want to just acknowledge that if you're listening to this in real time, like soon after it was released, then happy unofficial start to the summer. Um, We are a few days after Labor Day. No, not Labor Day. (laughs) Memorial Day. (laughs) Memorial Day is the one in May. I always get these confused. Anyway, I do know that it is the unofficial start of summer. Um, It's actually been several years since I've been in the country for Memorial Day, so I'm sort of reaccustoming myself to this tradition. Um, But anyway, it's starting to feel like summer, and along with that, I think it's a great time for us to think about, you know, what what we want to make of this summer. Maybe how we want to spend our time, what we want to create, what we want to accomplish. School's out, classes are out. Some of you might be taking summer classes. Maybe you have a full-time job. Maybe you have a part-time job. Maybe you have nothing lined up right now because things are all thrown off by COVID. But whatever kind of category you fall into with regard to work and school and, and plans for the summer, I'm going to invite you just to think about what your intention is and if you have any kind of project or goal that you would love to accomplish this summer. You know, maybe it's something small or maybe it's something big. The reason that I'm bringing this to your mind right now is because the whole purpose of this conversation about motivation and looking at what happened during the pandemic, the point of it is to learn something from it and to be able to apply those lessons to our life in the present and in the future. So after we finish our conversation with Matt and Jack, I'm going to walk you guys through a powerful process that has emerged from these discussions, a process that you can use for any goal or project you have in mind. So just keep that in the back of your mind as you're listening, and that's actually going to be in the next episode. At this point, let's just recap the first part of our conversation, and then we'll dive into the second part. Really good stuff there. Okay. Um, We started off by talking about the circumstances and kind of like setting the scene and and remembering what happened and how we experienced those first few days of the campus closure and um, when classes moved online. And in particular, we talked about what emotions that brought up. Matt and Jack mentioned that it was, you know, kind of scary, kind of stressful. Jack mentioned that there was just a lot of uncertainty and it was kind of disorienting and frustrating for those first few days when everything seemed up in the air. They talked about feeling kind of lost and at times they felt alone and and almost paralyzed by all of the changes that were happening so rapidly and trying to keep up with schoolwork when there were, were so many other things going on around them vying for their attention. 
And one other thing related to these emotions that they didn't really touch on, but maybe this was part of your experience, sort of focusing on survival. You know, there was there was a lot of fear brought up by this pandemic. It was scary. I mean, this was big stuff. It still is. It's not completely over, as we know. But definitely unfamiliar territory and and just bringing up a lot of fear, right? Whenever we're outside of our comfort zone, it's very natural to experience fear, especially something with something that's life-threatening like a pandemic. So did you experience that fear that kind of put you into almost like survival mode? Did it shift your priorities in a way that you almost looked at schoolwork as something very minimal um, in the grand scheme of things when you were worried about you and your, your family and your relatives staying safe and healthy? Not to mention the economical impact of all of this and how that affected people's jobs. So maybe that's something that you can also relate to. And the reason that I'm bringing this up is because these emotions really did set the scene for how we were then going to experience the the next few weeks. Emotions tend to have like a static effect to them. I know that when I start to feel fearful, that somehow seems to like attract other negative emotions, fear, doubt, uncertainty, they all sort of go together. So It's important to think about how that may have colored your experience and may have played into your struggles with motivation. Some other things we talked about were the connection between motivation and purpose, like a sense of purpose, you know, the reason behind why you do things. And as I was making notes about this, I noticed that, and this is so obvious, it's literally staring me in the face, but I didn't even see it until now. Sort of a another word for purpose is motive, right? <laughs> Reason, motive for doing something, which is part of the word motivation. <laughs> so clearly there's a connection there, not only in meaning, but in form. And as a language person, I just can't help but notice that and giggle about it. But this is something that Matt talked about. Well, both of them talked about, but Matt really t- uh, mentioned that one of his driving factors, sort of like uh, his motives or his sense of purpose at school is the fact that he gets to compete, that he gets to train and and practice with his team and, and compete in his sport. So that definitely has a connection to motivation. Another big area that we talked about was the connection between motivation and structure. In the sense of like structure to your day, you know, talking about routines. And they both mentioned that in the beginning, when everything was sort of thrown off course, all of their daily routines were out the window. And for a while there, they didn't really have a whole lot of structure to their day. We noticed the relationship also between structure and focus. When our day is structured around a particular objective or purpose, then it keeps us focused on that thing, on that project, on that goal. And then one last thing we talked about was the relationship between motivation and discipline. So Matt and Jack both talked about this at length, and and the way they described it was that discipline or consistency is a practice that supports motivation. It keeps us from 
getting behind. And when our motivation drops, we can kind of lean or rest on our discipline, you know, our routines and and, um, consistency and showing up for the things that we need to do to keep the momentum up and to keep moving forward and to push through those drops in motivation so we don't fall victim to stagnation. So that was a big part of our conversation. And then one last thing that was mentioned is, is, and this is related to the intro quote that you heard from Jack, which is just this concept of motivation. Motivation is a feeling, right? And feelings or emotions, they come and go. They're not constant. So Jack pointed out that you will never be 100% motivated all of the time. Matt pointed out that for him, there were ups and downs in motivation. It fluctuated from, from day to day and sometimes even moment to moment. So in this conversation that we're about to listen to now, we're going to hear more about the common motivation blocks and some strategies for pushing through those blocks or how to even prevent them in the first place. If motivation is a feeling, then how can we create that feeling? How can we keep that feeling more present in our lives? Okay, so that's where we're going to pick up. I hope you enjoy. Okay, so we've talked about how you struggled with it, how it showed up. We've talked about some of the ways you overcame it. Do you guys want to elaborate a little bit on that at all? Jack, you mentioned the brain dump and how that helped you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that term I got from you. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> and I got from someone else, I'm sure, at some point. <laughs> right, yeah, sure. Thank you. Thank you to whoever out there that gave me that phrase. Um, but yeah, I just really just took took out a scratch sheet of paper and because I was realizing why am I like so stressed out because I have like subconsciously I knew I had all these different things on my mind. So I took out a scratch sheet of paper and just wrote down whatever, you know, like I had to do this at 12 o'clock. I, this is on my mind that I got to write a resume or mm-hmm. this class, um, I have certain assignments in here anything that is going on in my mind and then after I wrote down everything I could possibly think of I I stepped back and kind of took a look at it and was like okay I dumped it all out it's all right here I need to not stress over it overthink these things and I saw like what can I just go ahead and do what Mm -hmm. can I just go ahead and knock off my list and I realized like most of those things that were kind of just like weighing so heavily on me were so small things Mm -hmm. that I could easily just knock out and get done. Yeah. Isn't that fascinating? I I find this in my own life so much. I will make, I guess what's the expression? I'll make a mountain out of a molehill or something. I'll I'll have like this tiny little task to do, but I'll think of it as this huge monumental feet that I have to accomplish and I mean and I think I gave you this example Jack when we talked a while ago um I had to order new contact lenses <laughs> and I made this into such a big thing because I thought I had to call the insurance company and find an eye doctor here before I could get a prescription approved blah 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 like I thought I had to do all these things when I finally just sat myself down and said I'm just gonna go on to like lenses.com or whatever thing I use and it was so simple. I mean, it, it like it happened in a day. It's ridiculous. I put that off for weeks, you guys. <laughs> weeks. 
And then it literally took, like, less than 24 hours to do everything online. Didn't have to call the insurance company. Didn't have to find an eye doctor here. Like, (laughs) so it's just a perfect example of something so small that we can make out to be this big thing and create a huge drama in our mind about it. And that can paralyze us, right? But then doing that one little thing, then what's the result? Like you said earlier... It sort of, what, like starts a snowball effect in a good way. (laughs) So motivated by the tiny accomplishments. Uh Um, What about you, Matt? The one thing that you've mentioned so far, which I think is a a really awesome tool, is the what would my, like, best self do? Right, yeah. Um, I mean, like, that that one's kind of like a a mental thing. Uh, You know, it, it, it all happens in your head. No one says anything to me. I don't say anything out loud and nothing physically happens but I have to like sit there and think to myself like and I mean you I can definitely relate to the small the small tasks the small assignments being super intimidating and weighing down on you and like I mean I would I would um I also utilize the brain dump I would write down like everything that I had to do and it really like but most of it was small easy stuff um that I could have done all of it in an hour if I just sat down and got to it. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, like you said, like it can be paralyzing and it's just like, it was so intimidating to sit down and get started. And especially when I was going through, you know, periods of very low motivation, I just, I, I would, I would put them off and put them off, put them off till I absolutely couldn't anymore. But, uh, the, a lot of times the thing that would bring me back is like that mental thought, what would the person that I want to be do right now? Um, and normally the thought is the person I want to be would already have them done. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, hindsight's twenty twenty, so it's time, it's time to sit down and go ahead and do it. But I'd, I'd use that, and then, I mean, there's all kinds of tools that many different people have come up with um, for themselves, and everybody has something different that works for them, whether it's mental or physical thing. And another thing for me is like, even doing my brain dump, writing everything down, I still would have this, you know, weird sense of, of anxiety and that feeling like I'm forgetting something or like I'm missing something, especially as the semester went on because several of my professors' communication did kind of die off a little bit and it got fewer and further between, um, which is something like Jack talked about how uh, the students notice, like, especially you as a professor, um, your communication was much appreciated in letting us know what was coming up, what's, what's going to be due. Even though we could find it ourselves, it was nice to just have that reminder. Whereas a lot of my other professors just kind of left us in the dark. We might get an email every couple weeks and uh, they would just post our assignments online and we just had to see them and do them. But yes, there, there are a lot of tools there. And for me, even whenever I do the brain dump and I would see everything there, if I still just like I, I wasn't there, then I knew I needed to do something to get my mind off of it. So, I mean, uh, sometimes like, like I would work out, I would just listen to music, I would, I would play an instrument for a while or something mm-hmm. um, to just kind of put my mind in a completely different space for just a little while. Yeah. And then looking back at it, I would, I would look at it with a you know, new perspective and you know a lot of times I'd look at it and be like and then that that would be like the moment of realization like this is easy like let's go ahead and knock this out mm-hmm. and 
you were talking about the snowball effect. I might I might do the first one that just takes me three, four minutes to finish. And I finish that, and you get that little sense of satisfaction. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to go ahead and move on. And then um, you build momentum. You keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, that's, that's super good. And a lot of times uh, I would tell myself before I sat down to get to work that I'm going to do one of these assignments, and then I'll reward myself with whatever thing. Like, you know, maybe I'll reward myself with coffee or – I don't know, a snack or just, just a Watch few minutes to do TV. nothing. Yeah. Um, and then once I'd complete the assignment, I wouldn't even want the reward. I would just keep going. Uh, so oh, my was, gosh. I can totally relate to this. Same thing with would... me grading papers, truly. I, 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 like, give myself a carrot, like, a little reward for doing, like, the, the, the first three. And then I'm like, hey, I can keep going. I feel good. <laughs> a little carrot? <laughs> no, I mean not. <laughs> Yeah, and it would take it could take any form like oh I'll do I'll grade three and then I'll get to go on Instagram for a few minutes or something, you know. <laughs> um so it's it's funny how we can actually trick ourselves into doing things, you know? It's like a mind trick. <laughs> for sure. Um, but and and I think we also can't forget, like you were mentioning, the physical like conditions that can affect our motivation. You know, whether it's going for a workout, maybe just to get your energy flowing, or go outside for a walk, get some fresh air, or if you're in need of a nap, even just a quick refresher. Like maybe maybe that's what your body needs to get your mind in a better place um, to feel more motivated. So obviously you worked through a number of your blocks and I'm, I'm imagining you've learned a bit about yourselves through this adventure. <laughs> if, if, what, what kinds of things have you learned about yourself? Can you like pinpoint any new like self-awareness that came from this experience? Um, so for me, I, I knew that I liked a schedule, like a firm daily schedule that doesn't really waver that much. But it's never really been put to the test until now. Yeah. Um, I function like I'm I'm capable to function at a high level when I have a lot to do and a certain time to do it. And with with this pandemic and class change, and for me personally, all my classes not really a solid schedule. Kind of it was flexible, which is nice. But since it wasn't a consistent schedule. Uh, that was difficult for me to know when to do my assignments and like I said I would wake up in the morning and be like okay what do I do like what do I start on and that led to procrastination and thinking you have so much time to do something when sometimes for me the more time I have the more I procrastinate and more I don't get things done (laughs) Yeah, isn't that fascinating? So, so structure and deadlines seem to be very important for you. Good to know. And I guess then the the next question to that, which you don't have to answer now, just food for thought. Like, can you learn to set your own deadlines and cultivate a sense of personal commitment to them? But we'll hold on that for a minute. Um, I want to hear the the same thing from Matt. Can you pinpoint any? particular self-awareness that comes out of this i can uh i can relate for sure to the uh the need for structure um which is slightly ironic because um 
most of my life and coming into college, my first year of college, like I wasn't just like a super organized, schedule-oriented person. But for the past couple years, like I sit down on Sunday night and I, I make a plan to sit down on Sunday night to plan out my entire week. And more or less, the week goes exactly how I plan it out whenever I'm in school. Um, everything's structured down to like the hour-long time that I take to just relax in my dorm in the middle of the day. And that makes doing everything easy. It makes getting everything completed easier. Um, and I have more more free time doing that than if I were to just like try to cram everything, you know, mm-hmm. actually spacing stuff out, planning, you know, prioritizing what needs to get done first and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and being home, trying to do school here, first of all, like I relate to the uh, extra flexibility um, and making it difficult to, to set a, a, a good schedule. And there, like I talked about how I went up and down throughout the, the rest of the semester um, while everyone was at home. Um, and the times that were up, I was generally on a good schedule and I would do the same or at least have a similar schedule for several days in a row and mm-hmm. things would start rolling well. But then, you know, assignments might change, new assignments might be added, structure gets thrown off. And I mean, even just being home, um, you know, living with other people now um, who have like their own regimen or whatever you know maybe I just need to like do something that I wouldn't have to do while I was at school just different responsibilities of being at home makes it uh, more difficult to keep that schedule and um, so I would start going down whenever that structure that I had going for a few days would start to change Mm -hmm. uh, it sounds like there might be a relationship between structure and focus like when you're at school your whole focus is classes and your sport, right? I mean, not your whole focus, but those are pretty big ones. And then the structure of your day and your week is kind of built around that to keep you focused, right? To, to support that focus. Right. Um, right. It even comes down to eating. Like, I know, I mean, everybody knows you got to fuel your body. Um, but it's, for me personally, that's something that I have been building into my schedule and structuring at least since I've been in college like building my class schedule around um, breakfast, lunch and dinner uh-huh. because I mean <laughs> I, I need food to be to attentive function. <laughs> yeah, I have to gosh I have that but I mean seriously it's every aspect of your life um, all affects each other mm-hmm. really so you kind of have to look at the big picture and yeah. see how it all works together, uh-huh. right? And which is why, madam, I'm so impressed by like your approach to planning out your week and also planning in your breaks. I think that is key. That's something that I think a lot of us forget when we look to like schedule our day or schedule our week is we prioritize, we make our to-do lists, you know, maybe we plan out what time we're going to be doing those things. But do we do we actually build in some downtime to recharge to disconnect? Because that is fundamental, I think, to being productive. I agree. It uh, it, it, it does make a big difference. Yeah. And 
Yeah. And even that comes from knowing, knowing yourself and, and your needs, your personal needs, you know, cause everyone has different needs with regards to downtime and time alone and, and whatnot. And knowing right. like when is the best time for you to be doing each of those activities in your day, you know, when you function best to be doing schoolwork versus working out versus, you know, just taking a break. Um, and then, you know, one other factor we haven't mentioned much is like who you're surrounded by and how the people that you're interacting with on a daily basis might also affect motivation. I mean, the people you're surrounded by definitely uh, affect you in various ways. And like whenever you are at school, you're surrounded by classmates. Um, I mean, any sport you play in college, you're going to spend a lot of time with your teammates. And especially like being around your teammates you're you know you're all you're all a part of the same sport and you're all going through school together so you're all having to work through all of this stuff and but you're all doing it together um so you're not alone you're not the only one doing it you're not the only one that's having like good days bad days and stuff like that and like um and you know especially on a team as big as a track team you're bound to be in classes with teammates so you even more so you're not alone um like maybe you both have a test coming up in that day or like several of you have a test in the same same class and I mean so just having that kind of support system is going through the same thing with you and not to demean the support that I get from my family I mean my parents my siblings they all are super supportive of everything I'm doing but when I'm at home I'm by myself on this journey whenever I've been home this semester I've you know I'm the only one that's doing schoolwork every day Mm -hmm. You know, my brother's not doing schoolwork. He's just hanging out, doing really whatever he wants to do. Um, and my parents are just going to work just like normal. So, I mean, I, I, I'm alone in the journey. I'm not alone, but I'm a, I, it feels like you're alone whenever you're the only one here. And um, I think something that's actually super important for that was connecting with people from school uh, over this uh, unique semester, <laughs> half a semester. Being able to connect with them, talk about it, uh, realize, you know, they're having the same problems. They're struggling with the same things. Mm-hmm. And, um, so how, that was... How did you connect with people? Um, mostly through video chats. And I mean, even like just being in class, like I've never really been one to speak up in class a lot. Uh, but, you know, being in video chats and like one of my teachers, uh, the class was actually a theory, theory-based class for the most part. And... Um, you know, he, he, he offered optional sessions uh, or optional class sessions at the normal class time. And you didn't have to come. He recorded them and sent them to you if, if you didn't want to be there. But just being there and hearing, like, the live interaction between the teacher and us and then, you know, conversations among the students, like, that actually made me want to be present in the, those calls. That was super important just you know talking on the phone with friends rather than texting them was a huge part of it to feel more of a connection hear friends voices teammates classmates whatever and then i mean having conference calls virtual office hours with teachers um just like being able to speak to the professors you know one-on-one like i might like i might stop by and ask them after class if i was at school uh just a question about something in class or do they do something like that but it just it, it kind of appeased to that need, I guess. Yeah, need um, for connection. Right. Mm-hmm. And support. <clears throat> Jack, what are your thoughts on that? So, like, I mean, like Matt said, like you feel alone basically. Like I, I was at home, kind of like Matt was, just 
I had to do my schoolwork every day, and my brother, my brother's not doing anything. He gets to do whatever he wants to. So that took some adjusting. And then once I got to a point where I was starting to connect with friends, and um, I do have a friend, uh, or two friends actually, we got to a point where in our study it was acceptable to be with a small group of people. And um, so I would work out with them three days a week. Also, I would recommend everybody getting some type of workout equipment or something because that has been awesome during this time. <laughs> yeah. But so that was that small interaction three times a week for an hour was huge and very meaningful. And you, people don't understand like how impactful it really is because we're so used to just being around so many people all the time, especially in college. Yeah. You're around hundreds and thousands of people every day yeah and so yeah so that was a big big change (laughs) yeah Yeah. well and I can even relate to this you guys because um connection with my students is one of my driving like motivating factors um and since I wasn't really getting that through the course um I really appreciated that the small group um, sort of basically book club <laughs> that Matt was part of um, that we continued meeting once a week that that helped me even staying connected to you know my purpose and what I was doing and and the organization that I was going through this whole thing with so yeah I agree that's super important um, and if you could go back or, God forbid, I don't even want to voice these words, but if this were to ever occur again, let's not think about that. Let's just say if you were if you were to go back in time, what would you do differently? Or what would you repeat in the same way? I would um I would definitely I would be more conscious of those motivational blocks. You know, especially like if, if it was to start over now. Um, I would, I would, I would definitely be more conscious of those motivational blocks. I would see them uh, happening, and there wouldn't be as much um, experimentation or just like time spent, like kind of being down. I think I would be quicker to uh, kind of implement those little tricks that um, I found out worked for me uh, in those specific situations to kind of keep up with everything and uh keep my uh keep my head on straight not uh not get too stressed out over stuff probably probably primarily that i i i I feel like i could have done a better job with maintaining a schedule uh throughout this last half of the semester and i would probably yeah definitely make more more of a point to kind of secure as much of a schedule as possible and keep things as consistent as possible and not get discouraged whenever things start not going how I planned them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. How about you, Jack? Yeah. I feel the exact same way. Because, um, I mean, keeping things consistent is the way you grow, whether it's knowledge or muscle or whatever it is. It's doing little things over time and being consistent about it. So... Even my schedule would look different in whatever scenario I'm in, whether it's physical class time or during a pandemic like this. Um, but it's it's figuring out what schedule works best for you. And 
you don't just figure that out overnight. It's a lot of trial and error. Sure. Um, so this is definitely, I think, a good learning experience for me to actually like look in the mirror and be like, okay, what what's working, what's not, and yeah, I basically just set up a better schedule in all aspects of my life because they do affect each other. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's waking up at the same time, eating at the same time, getting a good good night's rest, or anything, so yeah. Absolutely. And don't you just love that? I feel like this is sort of the secret sauce of life that you can learn from something that was thought of as a terrible situation, but we can we can draw lessons from this, learn about ourselves that then we can apply later on in life. And I think that has, it offers a bit of a redeeming quality to this whole situation. Well, thanks guys so much. I think this has been really great insight and I think... Um, It's just a good thing to talk about. So thanks for joining me. No problem. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks. It was great. So I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. And, you know, I've just got to say that I really appreciate Matt and Jack's transparency and openness about their struggles with motivation, um, but also their willingness to just engage in some genuine self-reflection and their overall desire to learn and and grow and improve as individuals. I think that's really inspiring. We talked about motivation blocks, motivation strategies, or strategies for overcoming those blocks, and um, we talked about self-awareness and what Jack and Matt learned about themselves from this experience. So the blocks that we discussed were, one of them was making a big deal of small tasks, Um, feeling paralyzed when you get behind or paralyzed when you see a lot of small tasks that you're making out to be something a lot bigger in your head. We also talked about the lack of communication, lack of structure and routines, and kind of a lack of connection with other people on a similar journey and how those can block our sense of motivation. Some of the strategies that were discussed were the brain dump, the approach of like, what would the person I want to be do right now? That's a really powerful question that works well for Matt. We talked about how shifting our mood and shifting our our energy and even focusing on something else for a little bit can refresh us and, and renew our sense of motivation for tackling some of the tasks on our agenda. We talked about planning for small rewards to do, you know, the baby steps to complete the small tasks just to get the momentum going. It's like a little mind trick. And, oh, we talked about changing, how changing like your physical state and taking care of physical needs, whether it's food or sleep, or maybe need to shake up your energy by exercising for a bit um, and how that can influence our motivation and can kind of help us push through those dips in motivation. And then the last couple things that were mentioned were the value of connecting with other people on uh, the same journey or a similar journey, connecting with other students, um, connecting with professors. And also, this is something that wasn't talked about at great length. Um, I think it was Matt that mentioned this, but it's really important. I think it's worth noting that being flexible 
and being resilient is also part of this. So we have a plan, you know, we think we have things set up for success, and then something is thrown at us that's outside of our control, whether it's an extra assignment, a change in due date, or on the grand scale, I mean, this whole situation is an example of that. No one expected a a pandemic to occur and completely throw us off course and have to, you know, rethink everything that we had planned to do this semester. So this is basically resilience. How flexible can we be? How resilient can we be to bounce back from those challenges? And what do we do in the face of adversity? How do we handle it? Do we let it completely demotivate us and deflate us? Or are we resilient enough? Can we go inward and draw on our personal strength to accommodate, to adjust our plans, to rearrange things in our life to still pursue our goals in the face of adversity. Okay, and then lastly, we talked about self-awareness, the importance of knowing yourself, knowing what motivates you, knowing what blocks you from living at your full potential. You know, Jack became aware of the fact that he can function at a high level when he has a good routine in place. But without that, he really struggles. So knowing when you function best to do the things you need to do in your life is a big part of this. And um, Jack also pointed out that this is a process. Getting to know yourself is a process that happens through a lot of trial and error. And I think that's what a lot of us went through this semester, right? You don't figure yourself out overnight and it does take some time, but we can be patient with ourselves and, and just, you know, little by little get to know what works for us. And that's what this is about. So like I said at the beginning of the episode, I'd like you to think about a project or a goal or maybe even just an intention that you have for the summer. And next week or next episode, whenever you'll be listening to that, we'll go through the steps to to accomplish that goal and to ensure that we stay motivated along the way. We're going to learn how to take all of these reflections and lessons and put them into practice to better ourselves and to better our lives. And a question I'd like to leave you with is, how can we learn to hold ourselves accountable? What are some of the ways that we can develop a sense of personal accountability to set our own goals and deadlines and to show up for them? And to make sure that we do time and time again, how can we build self-trust? So I invite you to think about that um, over the course of the next week or until you listen to the next episode, because that's also something that we will be discussing next time. So again, a huge thank you to Matt and Jack for joining me on this journey and engaging in this self-reflection with me and sharing um, a little bit of themselves and their lives with all of you guys. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope that you have gotten something out of it and that it's also prompted you to do a little bit of self-reflection and, you know, be curious about yourself, study yourself, be fascinated. And I think that's the beginning of just a, a lifelong, exciting adventure. There's always something new to learn and, and something new to discover when we become fascinated with ourselves. So happy Friday. If you're listening to this on the day it's released, um, have a great weekend, a great next week, and I will talk to you soon. 
Oh, and don't forget, um, follow us on Instagram at um, life.betweenclasses. Um, and ooh, I'd love to hear from you. So post your comments if you have comments about this episode or if you have ideas about um, future episodes or really anything. This is a this is a dialogue. You know, this is a conversation. And what we're doing here ultimately is creating community. So um, come on board and uh, join in the conversation. And I can't wait to hear from you. Thanks for joining us for Life Between Classes, where we know that there's more going on than meets the eye.